2: I'm so good.
1: How are you? Good, good. good. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. So good to see you. Uh, Loving the hair color.
2: Going right back to your roots. I love it. Thank thank you.
1: You look beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get back
2: there eventually. You know, once a ginger, always a ginger. (laughs) 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 Today on Return to the Shadows, we have a very, very special guest. The one and only Lisa Marcos. The one and only Captain Vargas. Welcome. Thank you, thank you so much
1: for having me,
3: Lisa. Why don't we start by telling the people a little about you, about how you got started in this business, and then we'll move on to the real deep shadow hunters questions.
1: Oh yes. Oh, um, okay. So I actually started as a in fashion, and I was very young. I started around twelve. Um, did that for many years, and along the way, I did a lot of commercials. And the more I did commercials, the more I realized that it was way too opinionated to be in fashion. (laughs) 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 My head of my mouth is a little bit too big. Uh, So a friend of mine was like, you know, you should really think about pursuing acting. And so it was like the seed that was planted. And that sort of became my mission was like, okay, let me learn more about it, get more information about this craft. And how can I sort of, you know, break in this because it's a tough business. And, um, I started taking some courses, found an agent, and the rest was history.
3: I have on my notes here, and you tell me if this is true or not. You knocked on the door of a talent agency
1: that's right, yeah, literally uh, you know-
3: literally knocked on the door. This what? is a-
1: uh- wow. <laughs> So uh, things are a little different now with social media, uh, for mm-hmm. sure. But back in those days, if you were in fashion, you were—it was the big no-no to make the jump into acting because people just didn't take you seriously. Interesting. Right. And so it's, it's like a stigma that kind of follows you. You know, you can you can be pretty, but you can't be smart, or you, you know, it's one of the you have to pick. That's mm-hmm. what people
3: always tell me. Anyway,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, um, I really just had a passion for wanting to find my way in this business and not ignore my past, but simply just use both of them to my benefit. Yeah, yeah. So I looked up great agents in Toronto, where I'm from, and literally called and said, okay, can I come see you? I have zero experience. I don't know anything about this craft, but I'm willing to learn and I know I want to do this. I've been with the same agent ever since. No way, really? That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's one of my favorite humans on the planet. So for
3: audience members who don't know, both of those things are fairly uncommon. Like it's you agents <laughs> yes. change, it, that's sort of a part of the course, you know, it's similar to any relationship and you never get an agent by just knocking at someone's door. That's no. Not how it works. And
1: and and a good one at that. He was yeah. he is one of the best ones and I just I think what he saw in me was just determination. Yeah. Like this was mm-hmm. something that I knew I was called to do. I just mm-hmm. wasn't sure cuz I didn't have anyone in my family, I didn't know anyone in the business. I just didn't know how to get my foot in the door. Yeah. And I thought, what the hell? Just go ask just knock and see what happens. And Amazing. literally I enrolled in a class and I think it was like a week later I had booked my first series.
3: That's wow. incredible. Yeah, I'm actually a little yeah. jealous of that. That's not <laughs> how it went for me. <laughs> Mine was a lot more ice skating uphill for sure.
1: Well, it it, it was great. And then it just kind of got, you know, it goes wonky see, along See
3: now way, for but... those listening, that's very normal. Yeah, <laughs> That's a very normal <laughs> acting career. Just like, oh, everything's great. And then like I haven't worked in a while and then everything's great again. Mm-hmm. That's pretty common.
2: Feast or famine, right? But that's that uh-huh. truly is half the battle, you know, with anything in life. But with this industry in particular, it's it's tenacity and that that willingness to learn, and that's that's really admirable. And what an incredible story! Oh my goodness!
1: Oh, thank you. It's it's been a journey, to say the least, for sure. My goodness.
2: Well, and so then you. Were you working primarily in Canada and then going to L.A., or did you kind of go all over the place?
1: So with film and television, I was primarily at the time I started there and was doing most of the productions from there. Thankfully, a lot of the U.S. productions were being shot up north. Which gave me a great head start to a lot of things, uh, and got to meet wonderful people and work with wonderful people like you guys, um, make great memories. Uh, yeah, so it was at first it was definitely that, and I was able to. There were a few projects that flew me out, a few movies that I did, and then we would shoot in different places, Atlanta and other some other places, but mostly it was there until I made the move to Los Angeles.
3: Great. So tell us. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into the shadow hunters of it all.
2: Yes, yes.
3: How did you start this journey? How how did Vargas reach your desk? Were you? Uh, what were your initial feelings? And what was that process like for you?
1: Yeah. So Vargas, to me, Captain Vargas was definitely meant to be because at the time I didn't think I would be able to do it because I was doing another series. I was filming Rogue um, at the time, and. The scheduling was literally the exact same start and end dates. Oh, no. And so I wasn't sure that I was able to do it. So I actually didn't even do the audition because I thought this is going to be a nightmare and it's going to be a waste of time for everybody because I just didn't think that we could make it work. And casting um, saved me. (laughs) She was like, I think we can make this work. And I think you'd be great because I had played detectives and cops and all that before. And she's like, I think – we can really make this work, and both productions are willing to work with it, so let's try it. So, wow,
3: that's amazing yeah,
1: as well. and I didn't really know much about it at first, so I started doing my homework and reading a lot and watched the movie, and I was like, I definitely want to be a part of this. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, cut to my first day on set and meeting you guys, I knew it was the right choice.
2: Well, we felt really lucky to have you.
3: Yeah. Well, thank God for casting. We've had a couple stories like that, I think, haven't we? Who else was saying that Cana- – because we didn't get cast by the same guys that you did. We got cast by the team in L.A., and I think you got cast by the, the Canadian casting team, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Not that they would have worked any less hard for us, but we have heard a couple of times that the Canadian casting team – did a really spectacular job at like, no, you're our person. We need you to. We're going to make this work. Let's bring you in.
1: Yeah, they're they're pretty great out there. I got to say.
2: Well, to be fair, we you know we've spoken about this a lot on the show. But every single person who came on the show, and and yourself included, especially because you were a part of the show so early on, dove in head first and was so committed and excited to be there, and and came on this journey with us in a way that you know you all weren't living in this world with us for. 10 months a year, but you were just as dedicated and just as excited to, to tell this story as everybody else. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me be a part of it. I know you guys were knee deep in the hard work and I would show up <laughs> on set and whether it be blood everywhere oh, yeah. or just like, you know, practicing the stunts or getting the work done. You guys, you guys worked really
3: hard. Yeah. You know, but I, such a huge part of making that hard work like fun is having guys like you come in, is having guys that add to the energy, that don't take away from anything. And I think we've all worked with people who can take away from the energy and can make it feel a bit like, why am I doing this? Why am I working so hard when this is going on around me? This doesn't make any sense. And we didn't have any of those people. We had guys like you come in and guys like Joel come in. And these people who would just make us smile every day, um, and it made it really easy. It made doing this work really easy and it made it fun, which, you know, I've always said to myself, a job's only worth doing until I stop having fun. And then I'm, why am I doing this? What's the, what's the purpose? Why am I putting myself through this? And, and you did. And you made, it, you made it fun every day. And I, I thank you for that.
1: Well, I uh, thank you. But I also thank you guys because, uh, you know, when you're not consistently going to a set every day, you, it's kind of like your first day of school all over again you're the odd one out coming in and it's a little nerve-wracking and you you know you have to remember everyone's name and you just seen them maybe 2 weeks ago and it's like ah oh, you don't want to be the one who's messing everything up all the time but you guys were a ball of energy <laughs> like you guys had you were so much fun and the other thing that i was working on was intense so this was so much fun to come on set and to feel your energy and to see You guys genuinely love your job and Mm -hmm. love the characters and love being there. Mm -hmm. And some of the memories I have from, you know, the days that I was there watching you guys on set, that's what sticks out to me still to this day. It it, that was really sweet. Yeah, you guys, you guys really made that project shine for me. Thank you. And that's That's why I get still still to this day when I see you guys on other projects, it makes my heart smile because it's like, you know, they deserve it. They, they, that's so lovely for sure. You're so kind.
2: You were, you know, Captain Vargas was a part of some really pivotal moments of our show, Uh, particularly speaking of the books. One scene that was pulled directly from where, you know, Clary and Jace are infiltrating the police station and Jace has to pretend to be the wanton boyfriend, as it were. So it's it's just great to, you know, be able to think back on those memories as well, being iconic as they were from the books, but
1: because you were there as well. Aw, you're so sweet. And that was one of the days that I remember the most.
3: I agree. I, me too. And I yeah. remember being in that back, like, that yeah. little office space they had. And we were all just, like, chatting. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think we were talking about something. I can't remember what it was. But we were talking about something, like, fairly important. And I'm, like, deep in, like, a hip thrust stretch. And then I just realized, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I having this conversation with you whilst I'm doing this? This is insane. This is a stupid thing to be doing. Um, but, again, you know, this is this – is, we talk a lot on this show about – like safety, about feeling safe. And mm-hmm. that scene in particular, I, I got sort of fairly free reign to kind of come at it however I wanted. You can only, or I can only really do that if I feel safe and I feel comfortable with the people around me. And I did. And I was able to have a lot of fun with it, which is great. Um, you know, there are obviously a bunch of takes that didn't end up in this show. It's right? <laughs> almost, thank God.
1: But we had a good laugh at it, though. But we
3: had a good laugh at it. <laughs> and that's really important. And, yeah. it, you know, harkens back to what I was saying. Like, if you're not having fun, then. You're not doing it correctly, and also I I do find that when we are relaxed and when we are having fun, for for me at least, and I think I could probably speak fairly safely for you guys as well. But that's when I do my my best work. That's when I look back and go, oh yeah, I was really comfortable that day, and I was like, I was in I was in that same headspace that I needed to be in, and it felt great.
2: Well, that's just it. When you're not breaking the ice, when you're not you know trying to. Get everyone to be comfortable and relax, and we can sort of settle into it. As as you know, Dommy and I have talked about this a lot. We often did on Shadowhunters because of our cast and our crew. You can get creative and just let things flow and and let the magic take its course, which uh, is quite exciting.
1: Yeah, and I I also think that um, the way the scenes were written and how you know stage direction and how we kind of went through it that in itself had its own magic. Mm-hmm. And then you add the chemistry that we had going off off-camera mm-hmm. in front of the camera because, you know, what was happening between our characters off-camera and on-camera are two different things, right? Of <laughs> <laughs> course, <life> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, so I think the undertone of the mutual respect and fun uh, was there. And mm-hmm. we just added the element of, okay, now it's work time. So straight faces on. Yeah. Well, at least for me anyway.
3: Yeah, a little call to action there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um we would be remiss if we didn't talk about your experiences with the one and only Isaiah Mustafa.
2: Uh, took the words yeah. right out of my mouth, Dom.
3: <laughs> tell us tell us what that's like. We are, we obviously worked with him, but we had a... We both as actors, I think, and again, I don't want to speak for you, Kat, but we've talked about this, so I, I think I'm fairly safe to do so. Yeah. We had both on-screen and off-screen a very different relationship with Isaiah than you did. Your on-screen relationship with Isaiah is... You're the boss. You're in charge. (laughs) You're also kind of buddies, but you are in charge. Whereas our relationship with him was very much like he's kind of the dad. Oh yeah, right. He's the responsible one. Like he's the one who's he's the most experienced of all of us, and we're all sort of taking our cues of behavior and stuff from him. And you got to kind of subvert that. So how (laughs) was that for you?
1: Well, it's interesting because I think people, you know, a lot of the roles I book have been very serious. So when Mm -hmm. they when I walk on set, I think they just assume that I am a very serious person, uh, which you guys know I'm a big goofball at heart. Absolutely, um, and more so a goofball than serious for sure. That's why we love you. And so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, and I think at first he didn't know how to take me, because here I am in a you know pantsuit and have all this intense dialogue of being Miss Strong, Miss in Control, and then it'd be like, cut, and I would make some goofy song where I'd start doing something. And he was just like, what? So at first, I think he was unsure of where to place it. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing you want to do is be in an intense scene and have an intense break in between. Right, right? right, right. So you want to of keep course. it chill, unless you mm-hmm. need to concentrate, which is a total different thing, right. Right? Mm-hmm. you know, when it's that kind of intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, so at first, I was, uh, I think he really... Took a minute to see, like, is is this for real? Is she for real? Like, so <laughs> what is going on? Once he um totally got comfortable with me, yeah. then I realized he was even a bigger goofball than I was. Yeah, which That's was Isaiah. the fun part because yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, our our real life relationship was nothing like what it was on camera. He right, he was just he's, he's very kind and very thoughtful and and um, respectful, but he also has a funny side. You know, yeah. he would. randomly just raise his eyebrow and then I would run with that, you know, based off of the commercial. (laughs) So any, any moment I had to kind of run with it, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I I think at first he was a little unsure. It's like, is this for real? Is she really?
3: It's, that's such an interesting concept that I very recently experienced. I was filming in New York. I guess the last TV show I'd done before this was Penny Dreadful and I played a Nazi in Penny Dreadful. I played a not very nice guy in Penny Dreadful. And uh, I met this, Older couple who were also walking their dog and we were talking, and we were like, I'm an actor, that's why I'm here. And they were like, Oh, have you been in anything? And I was like, I just did this TV show, Penny Dreadful. And he went, Oh, I watched Penny Dreadful. And I went, Oh, I played the Nazi. And he bless his heart. He put on his glasses and went, Oh, so you did. <laughs> that was hysterical. <laughs> but then he he we chatted a little longer and he went, It's so strange, you're really nice. And I was like, Yeah, I'm not a Nazi, just so you know. That's yeah, not how yeah. it's all pretense. Like it's all, but there is this like audience. And it's almost a compliment that you've done your job kind of quite well, but also this weird, like, I'm not these people, just so you're aware. (laughs) Not like them. It's
1: so funny that you say that because a lot of the roles that I have booked have been either the unlikable character or the mean Mm. character or the tough character. And I've always said, you know, it's kind of great to be the bad one and be remembered yeah. for it because mm-hmm. it just means that you've really showed up and done your job. 100%. Yeah,
3: I completely agree. I did a
1: movie a while back, um, a Tyler Perry film, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Yeah. And I played the other woman. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, when I get recognized or when people figure out that I'm that woman, I remember then and still to this day, people would hiss at me. No. Really? Like literally hiss at my character. Wow. Because they were so so mad at the fact that i was that woman yeah because people get so engaged in the project yeah. that they forget that we are human beings mm-hmm. we're just paid to show up and perform and to put Pretend, on yeah. The sh- yeah yeah you know and not all stories are fairy tale not all people are good humans right. so mm-hmm. someone has to do the dirty work
3: yeah i agree and there's a fun yeah <laughs> me too i've done my fair share as well but and it but there's it's like kind of fun to play the bad guy i remember i like i must have been 5 or 6 years old And we were doing the nativity, which is something that happens in schools. I don't know. Do you guys do this as well?
1: Yeah. uh Or you used to. A hundred years ago. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Um, But yeah, so we were doing the nativity and I was cast in the play as King Herod. And I remember at five years old being kind of upset by that because I was like, oh man, like he's the child murdering bad guy. Like that's not what I want to do. I'm five. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah. And I remember this so clearly, Mr. Nixon he was a maths teacher and he was kind of the one that everyone was afraid of. Like he was, you know, we're all kids afraid of the the sterner teachers. And he took me aside and he went, you know, the best characters you will ever play in your career, which stood out to me because he said the word career, which I thought was really cool. He said, it will be the bad guys for two reasons. Mm -hmm. One, you get to explore a version of human psyche that you will never explore in your real life, Mm
0: -hmm. which
3: is really interesting. And he said, two, they have the best costumes. Yeah, and I was like, "You're not wrong." This <laughs> is kind of, oh, yeah.
2: I will say that is very true. I, yeah, the yeah. the bad guys always have the best costumes. You know, when I did um when I did the Bravo to Mister Nixon. That's sage advice.
3: I know. I saw him recently, which is oh, really amazing.
2: That's amazing.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, some of my favorite costumes have been bad guy ones. Like on the stand, I think I was constantly covered in sequins or vintage fur or jewels of some kind with bright pink hair and it's it's you never get to do things like that you never get to explore that side and and it it is important that we tell stories about people that are not the version that we want to be to learn from it
1: Mm mm-hmm well, it's funny because my daughter, who is now a preteen, oh my god, um, is a huge fan. No, of, yeah, she isn't. <laughs> no. Is, yeah, I know. Time goes by fast, wow. but she is a huge fan of yours, Kat. Oh, um, mainly because everything she turns on, you're in. Right, and so she'll like she'll turn something on. She's like, Mom, look, there's your friend again. There's your friend again. <laughs> but it took her a really long time to understand because the first time that she laid eyes on you was, uh, I think it was uh, bunked. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. no. Oh Jesse. Jesse. Jesse.
2: Bryn Breitbart, not nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that the, the, going back to the mean character, she's like, is she like that in real life, Mom? I said, actually, sweetheart, she's just acting. She's really good. <laughs> so to see her now understand. So you lied. You Lord, lied to
3: your daughter. Just straight to yeah. her face. You
1: <laughs> lied. Be, lie, Be nice. <laughs> 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 but that's when you know you're good at your craft because the person who has never met you before can sit back and go, is she really like that? Yeah. You know, are, are those traits really in her? Yeah. Um, and then she will see you in one of your, you know, more recent stuff. And she's like, wow, she's really pretty. Wow, she's really strong. Wow, she's really smart. Wow, she's – so it's amazing to see it through innocent eyes, the evolution of your work. So I that's how I took it as it's just, you know, when a fan sort of falls in love at a certain age and then they watch you grow, um, that speaks volumes of what you've accomplished
2: Oh, well, thank you. And thank you for vouching for my not being that character.
1: <laughs> no, I I was like, the, 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 she's a bit much here. No, 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 <laughs> she, she <laughs> no. Like, she's not like she's for this thing. Because you, the, that character was a little far-stretched for you, right? Oh, yeah. Compared to what you are in real life. Ooh, so that was like, no, 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 no. She's nothing like that.
3: You're a nicer person than me. I wouldn't have said that. I would have been like, she's exactly <laughs> like that. She's exactly like, like that. Yeah, no,
0: yeah. that's exactly yeah. who she is. <laughs> Be nice. <laughs>
4: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured, not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
0: The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates, young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening.
4: Well,
2: speaking of that, too, you've bounced around and done guest stars and been that standout character on so many different shows. And that, as you mentioned, is an experience that is quite, it's not always the easiest, but it's a skill that you've clearly developed quite well. So tell us a little bit about that. And are there, other than you know our lovely experience with you, have there been any other shows that really stand out to you or, or are really memorable in that way? Oh,
1: my goodness. Yeah. So uh, I at every job that comes my way, I see it as a blessing. Um, there's uh, And not just from the perspective of work and being able to work in this business, because that alone is a huge blessing, mm-hmm. but also as a human to engage with different people types of people and actors specifically are different. So um, I feel like I've been really lucky to be able to go into other sets and to explore different characters, but also work with different personalities. Some have been amazing, some others not so much, but um, (laughs) uh, at the end of the day, you take it all in and it just helps you prepare for your next thing and engage in the next one and the next one. And some of them, are nerve wracking as can be because you know you got to put your big girl boots on and and go in there with blazing guns and making sure that you dot all your um eyes and cross your t's. But there are some projects that just stay so close to your heart. Like there are some people that just leave that impression in your heart. And I've been fortunate enough. Like the one that comes to mind, uh, I did a series with Tay Diggs and. I can honestly say because he is such a sweetheart, and he really is the real deal, I would say that he is the reason why I'm still in the business. Wow. wow. Because – and 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 I and the reason why I say that is because had I had had one of the harder, aggressive, not-so-kind humans to work with early on, I think I would have just said, you know what, I don't think this is for me because I don't do well with nasty people. But when you show up and someone is kind and generous and and you learn so much from them and it it makes you want more of it, more of that uh, being on set and feeling free and creative and not being judged and you want more of it. Um, Being with you guys, I felt that way. And it was very strange because I, I wasn't on set as often as I would have liked to have been per se. But when I did go, I... Can remember all the laughs. I can remember all the inside jokes. I can remember, you know, even the days I was there for the stunt training for the final scene. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was always fun. I always looked forward to it. I always made sure that I was available. I wanted to be there because you guys, you are extremely talented and and so well deserved on all your success. But as humans, you guys are just really
3: great people. Yeah,
1: I had a blast. I had a blast. I had a blast. I, Thanks. Thank you so much. Um,
3: let's talk about the stunt training. Let's talk about that scene. Uh Let's talk about it. Yeah,
1: that was – I love doing anything that I know I'm going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to be sore. (laughs) (laughs) I know know I'm going to regret, but that's okay. I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, And so when they told me they were going to hang me upside down from, I don't know what it was, 60 feet up in the air. And it was funny because at the time, I just kept hearing – I was like, okay, is this going to throw out my back? Because I was just concerned that I was going to have a background. They're like, no, 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 this will actually heal your back. I'm like, what do you mean, heal your back? So apparently for people with extreme back problems, there is a technique where when you hang upside down, as long as you learn how to do it blood pressure-wise, and so that when the blood comes rushing down, you just it's a whole technique of getting used to. But it actually does help heal your back problems. Wow.
3: Do you do it now, day day, day in, day out? Is this no, an upside down rig in your in your
1: house? <laughs> bat woman. Just, yeah. just a little wire rig, you know. Literal yeah. bat woman yeah. hanging upside down in my room every night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I wish I had the equipment at home, but I, I don't. I haven't done it since. But I uh, I had had pre- a similar experience prior to. I had done this commercial in South Africa before I got into acting. And the whole thing was is I had to fall off a tree backwards. Oh, my. And it was like one of those really old high trees. Mm-hmm. And so it was supposed to look like a dream. So you're like falling backwards. And it took almost two weeks of training to learn how to properly fall on my back so I wouldn't break my back. And then what they would do is they dug a hole and they put mats and then covered it with grass. So it was an actual tree. This wasn't studio work. It was an actual tree that we had to practice on. And then, yeah, it was like two weeks of work. And so the whole thing was is to fall and not break your back. Right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm that girl. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. You want me to fall for a tree? Sure, I'll do
2: it. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> talk about willingness to learn
3: it's also <laughs> it's also much safer now there are much better ways to do it than
1: there are but yeah. that was you know the old school way yeah, yeah. Like, let's throw her in try it.
3: and try and fall in this like two foot square otherwise you're in trouble okay go
1: that's it but it prepared me for this for sure yeah. I don't remember I think the only time I said and I didn't even really say no yes I actually did say no we worked around it. Uh, was They wanted to set my hair on fire for a movie that I did. Oh, oh no, no, no. <laughs> and I was like, you, you know, can we CGI that?
3: Can you do anything Please. else? Like, yeah, don't set my hair on fire. Are you crazy?
1: You know, yeah. Like, yeah we don't need any. The, those kind of accidents were no good. Way. so Definitely yeah. not. Definitely wow.
3: not. Yeah, I would have said no, too. I Whilst you're explaining that, I'm like, I don't think there's much I would say no to. And that you know when you can't think of an example, but of course there are hundreds of things. And then you said hair on fire, and I'm like, yep, that's one. Yep, not in a minute Yeah, million is, like,
1: supposed to be right here, too. <gasps> oh, and no. even though they're like, oh, it's a, it's a piece because it's a hair piece that's added. And then they have the, that special fluid that doesn't allow the yeah, rest of the yeah. hair. And I was like, yeah, no. I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm
3: good.
1: I'm good. Aside from that, drop me from a tree, hang me upside down. Do what you got to do. Just don't touch the hair. Just
3: don't touch the hair.
1: And it's gorgeous hair, so makes sense. Oh, thank you.
3: How funny. They tried to set your hair on fire. I can't get past it. That's crazy. Well,
1: it was was based off a true story. It was a horror film, and they were following the story guideline.
3: Yeah, but there's got to be a better way. I mean, there was. There was a better way around this. They they worked around doing it a different way.
2: Yeah. What did they end up doing instead, uh, if you recall? CGI. Oh, well, there you go.
3: That's um, ludicrous to me that they even contemplated taking that risk.
1: Yeah, especially when you know I I don't like even thinking about it, but you know, when Michael Jackson had his yeah. accident early on. Yeah. Like that that was the first thing that crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. I thought mm. And you're like
3: that's Michael Jackson. I think it was a Pepsi commercial, right? Like it was what, you know, know. two of the biggest like brands in the world, Michael Jackson and Pepsi, exactly. if they can make that mistake
1: exactly yeah
3: nah hard pass no thank you I've been told I'm not allowed to do stunts which is always heartbreaking there were, there were like two big ones on, on Shadowhunters so you're never allowed to go through glass they never let you go through glass also on a race of the movie mm-hmm. I just, just did in South Africa actually weirdly was there was another pane of glass shot, and you're you, they just don't let you do it. There's because it's real glass; like you're gonna get nicked, and even the stunt guys are like, you're gonna get cut a little, and you have other scenes to do today, so we can't have yeah. you. Like, well, that just means you're
1: very valuable to them. When they don't <laughs> let you do it, that just means you're really yes, important. That's nice. it's true.
3: <laughs> and then the high fall, I was, I was uh, gutted about the high fall. I'm I so gu- I'm
2: gutted for you.
3: I know. <laughs> season two. This was in season two, and there was a scene where Jace had to just hop off a bridge and down into a river but where we were shooting there's no river so it was all cgi and they're like it's, the bridge is about sort of 30 feet we're going to train you how to do the stunt so you start at five feet and you go up to 10 feet and 15 feet work your way up to 30 feet over a course of like two weeks and i got up to 30 feet and we finally do it and it's it's dean and darren and max who you never got to meet which is a real shame we got a new stunt crew in season two and they're just the most amazing group of men. They were absolutely incredible. Um, so I've got Dean, this built like a boxer guy, stood behind me holding my belt. And we're on a like a cherry picker, like a scissor lift. And Dean's a big guy. He was like 210, 215 pounds. So the thing is like shaking under our weight. Now, the, I guess the protocol is it's called a box rig. I want to emphasize, please do not try this at home because it's very specifically done and in a very safe way. But essentially, it's cardboard boxes arranged in a certain way with uh, Saran wrap wrapped around them, and the idea is when your pressure, the word pressure of your weight hits them, they collapse under your weight and slow you down enough that you don't hit whatever's underneath. Anyway, so we get up to thirty feet, and Dean just goes, "Okay, whenever you're ready." And I'm like, "Whenever I'm ready, fucking push me," and <laughs> we obviously wouldn't, and I take the step and I do it and we did it four or five times and we're in a good spot and then we get there on the day I think the insurance guy was there that day just completely by accident and was like is that Dom up there and we're like yeah he's not he's not doing that there's no way I was like I did oh, it no. two days ago I did this I did this exact stunt two days ago on a on a scissor rig that's moving and they were like no there's no way there's no way get him down
1: oh that's heartbreaking but in all fairness I witnessed both of you working your tails off at Nuno's gym yeah Oh, yeah. You guys train so hard at Nuno's. Mm-hmm. Oh,
3: Nuno. Nuno, for those who don't know, Nuno De Salas is a fitness trainer to the stars in uh, in Toronto. And one of the most amazing men that I've ever worked with, not just physically, but also in general, he's... This incredibly kind-hearted, eloquent man. It was a pleasure to work with him. But sorry, Lisa, please continue.
1: No, he's. out. Uh, I've known Nuno since the teen, my teens. Believe oh it or my not. Gosh, I, no we, way. We, we were yeah. friends way before we got to work together, which made it that much cooler. But I would witness how hard you guys worked. I mean, your box jumps, cats were.
3: <laughs> wow,
1: that still. I mean, wow. You guys really, really, really put in the work. Oh, well, thank you. But. The truth is is that it shows on camera. It does. So whether you get to do the stunts or not, your hard work that you pour it in really does show on camera. Yeah. So you got it's not unnoticed.
2: I mean a lot of that is a result of being encouraged by people like Nuno and Dean and Darren and you know I for myself, I I'm a very tiny human and I until I met Nuno and Darren and Dean and all of them, I never thought I could have any modicum of real physical strength. I just thought, well, I'm tiny, so no, it's not for me. But they changed my life and changed how I looked at myself and how I looked at fitness and I learned from them and, and this is why I talk about it so much is that, you know, if you learn to train for your body and you you get the knowledge and the education that you need from the experts like Nuno, you uh, you can really change
1: everything. Oh, absolutely. And you became a beast. I mean, <laughs> I was impressed because I did not see, you know, this tiny girl just like
3: you took off. It was quite impressive. Yeah. You don't want to get punched in the face by a
2: hey, trust me. One time by accident. One time. It wasn't
3: by accident. It was on purpose. You just slapped me. Incorrectly,
2: yeah, that was the accident part. I'm
3: sorry, ridiculous. You know, how most people slap like a normal human being, sort of with your fingers and maybe like a tiny part down. of this hand. All like this part, just full, it was just a punch in the face. Like, that's what I got. It was like right, one solid piece of bone just hit me in the side of the head. And I was like,
1: Did you piss her off earlier? <laughs> like, no, it was part of the scene.
3: Lisa, <laughs> I sure did. And I told you that in confidence.
1: Uh, what can we say on this podcast? Whatever, no. <laughs>
3: Honestly, whatever you want. Like, we're producers, honestly. Uh, really? We okay. can say whatever. It's great.
1: <laughs> I, I thought this was Disney. I met. Not anymore, yeah.
3: baby. This is us. <laughs> Free reign to do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, you guys had a pretty good relationship on set. I mean, there was yeah. a lot of cat and mouse, brother, sister. Yeah. But yet. You guys had great chemistry
2: We have fun it
3: was There's fun. a reason yeah. You
2: know We're still doing this <laughs>
1: Exactly We're still doing exactly. it yeah.
3: yeah Sober no less Who would have thought <laughs>
1: <Well>. <laughs> I was gonna I, You know I was gonna Send you a message And say Should we all just You know Make it like a pub night I can't like, I can't or... do it I can't it, do it I, Oh really No
3: Cause I There's so much that We did a Like a cross promotion With the movie I just did So we had the cast Of that movie coming in and even sober, I get away with myself and I'm like, oh, let's talk about this and this. And then I give away the ending of the movie and I'm like, oh, shit. That was, I, damn it. So <laughs> oh, no. I can't have a sip of alcohol. I need to be completely in control. This is sparkling water. I know it looks like one of those uh, truly, what is it? What are they called? What's the, sp- oh, the wow. spike seltzer? Sparkling yeah.
1: seltzer. Yeah. Yeah. What time is it now where you're at?
3: It is 8 o'clock here, 8 p.m. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's It's appropriate drinking time. If I were to have a drink, no one would be like, listen here, you psycho, what Part are you doing? Two. Yeah. Part
1: two of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Come in all. I do think we
2: should have a drinking game episode. I think that would be fun. <gasps>
3: that would be quite good fun. It would also be chaos, like absolute oh, yeah. full chaos. We've tried, I mean, we drank with each other pretty much solidly for like four years. Yeah. And very rarely did we get anything done
2: we had fun. We got nothing done, but we, we had great fun.
3: fun. We had a lot of fun.
1: Absolutely. I don't know if we can talk about this on – on. Um, so just give me a signal if you want me to stop. But I remember being on <laughs> it's set. It's not live.
3: It's okay. <laughs> if you say whatever you want, I can just tell the guys later. I'll be like, listen, that shit she was just saying, cut okay, it all yeah, out. It's all completely it. <laughs> untrue. All right.
1: All right. Cool. Uh, I remember being on set, and I don't know what we were talking about. But I remember, like we were laughing like crazy, and I look over, and you literally pull down your pants. Do you remember this? <laughs> wait, wait, I think I do. Uh, I think I still have oh the photos man. of it. You yeah. were standing right next to it. I was like, "Where did uh, your pants go?" And you had your pants rather.
3: Yeah, your ankles. <laughs> still in my boxes. Yeah.
1: And I think we took a photo right after of the three of us. Yeah, yeah you were in your boxers. Wow. And I think I still have those pictures. That is. So.
3: So so funny. Yeah. (laughs) You
1: should have podcasts just like that. It's
3: true. (laughs) Sometimes when the jokes aren't landing, you just got to go with the physical. That's what I'm saying. Wander around like a penguin.
1: That's what made it so much fun, though, was the fact that there was the freedom to play. Yeah. Right? And to
2: Winnie the Pooh it, you know? Yeah. To Winnie
3: the Pooh (laughs) it? Yeah. Is that what that's called? Winnie oh, because he doesn't, doesn't wear any pants. Because he's not wearing yeah. any pants ever. I see. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you.
2: <laughs> what did
1: you think I was saying?
3: I don't know. I I don't know. I thought <laughs> I was confused. I like
1: that cat gave him the best nickname. Yeah. Winnie
3: the Pooh. I'm Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I do all the time. Winnie he does Poonip love right honey in right his coffee.
2: So you know, I do love it does honey work. in my
3: coffee because of Shadowhunters. Honey oh in your God. coffee? Oh my yeah. God! Try it. So delicious. It's so delicious i'm gonna have one right after this and i shouldn't cream
1: as well like half and half or i'll
3: put milk in it like a little milk in it maybe but like it's so delicious and it got me through like some of those really late like late late nights that we had on shadow matt and i especially we'd 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 call it rocket fuel and it would be a mm-hmm. double espresso topped up with americano with honey in it and like a thimble full of milk and that's how we would get through. And we would like leave it as late as we possibly could because it only really gives you energy for about 45 minutes. And then you're just like, well, now I'm done. <laughs> I got nothing mm-hmm. left in the tank at all. Um, so we would leave it until like, God, We uh, there were times we were doing it at like two in the morning and we know we had to keep going until four or five. And we're like, it's rocket fuel time. We got to, I got nothing left. Oh. We got to, we got to get into this.
1: Did you guys ever get into Tim Hortons while you were there?
3: no. No, I
1: love the
2: coffee at Tim Hortons. Actually,
1: they have there was one
2: about a block away from where we lived, and uh, it was I I do love their coffee.
1: Okay, so but that's you did, about okay. as far okay, as, as that's I went. The, the thing is that everyone gets addicted, and then when you're done filming,
3: you're at a loss, you're kind of
1: screwed because it's yeah. Tim
3: Hortons, tell us what Tim Hortons is. I I feel like I would be <laughs> yeah. misspeaking if as the non-Canadian. Oh,
1: Tim Hortons is a. A wonderful invention. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> it's a coffee chain uh, that was created by, I think it was, I don't know if it was created by the actual hockey player, Tim Horton, or his family mm-hmm. um, that named it after him. Anyway, it started off as a small coffee chain and it blew up into this massive, massive franchise. And anyone and everyone, if you go anywhere in Canada, i guaranteed within Two or three blocks, you will find at least two or three toilets. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's just a basic coffee shop that has everything from muffins, donuts, food now, I, and all that. And I think actually Justin Bieber just bought into Tim Hortons really? and he has his own line of coffee and donuts. He just posted about it recently wow. um, oh. at Timmy's to which I replied to his comments saying, can we please bring one to Los Angeles as the Canadian? I would love to have Tim yeah. Hortons
3: out here. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if it would like make roots in LA or if LA is too ingrained in its Starbucks.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think it would not like it is back home. I think one of the reasons why it does so well back in Canada is because it's so cold. Mm. So eight months of the year, you need that hot coffee and it's a lot cheaper than some of their competitions, you know, selling for 7 $8, a cup of coffee.
3: I've just thought of a really good question that I don't know why I haven't asked any of the other Torontonians. So we noticed something in the winter when we were there in the winter, fucking brutal, like absolutely yeah, brutal. Yes. It gets to like bad. 25 Celsius below. Like it's really bad. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was still smoking cigarettes at the time. So I would like sit on my freezing cold balcony with like two duvets wrapped around me and desperately try and smoke a cigarette. (laughs) And then two in, I was just like, get rid of that. That's horrendous. But I would notice that there's like no people on the street, of course, because it's freezing cold. But then how do you, how do people get around? And now I don't know if this is a rumor in Toronto or if this is a real thing that exists. But is there like a subterranean walkway in Toronto? There's like a little yeah, subterranean city that exists. Did
2: you never, did you never explore those?
3: Never. I thought it was a fucking rumor. Oh I was like, I'm not going down there. What with the mole people? No way. Oh, you want me to go and live <laughs> underground for four months a year? You're insane. <laughs> Yeah, well, we have the the subway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know the subway, yeah. And then there
1: is a little area in the middle of the city where you can walk underground uh, to get from one place to another. But it's not like the whole city's underground. Oh,
3: that's what I thought it was. I thought like in the winter, like storefronts just go subterranean and like everything is just the same as a Oh my God, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it be kind of cool?
1: That would be wild. That would be awesome, especially with the amount of snow that we get. Yeah.
2: To your point, Dom, you could get like from where we lived all the way to the mall, and then around a few.
3: Yeah,
2: completely underground.
1: Yeah. What area were you guys staying in? Like King and
3: John, right around Tiff. Yeah. The Tiff area. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: know exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: Wow. Who knew.
4: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured, not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
1: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100 percent sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, deputy opinion editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're gonna bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
2: I learned so much from all of our Canadian counterparts about shooting in the snow and working in the mm-hmm. snow and living in in those winters mm-hmm. that now anywhere else I am in the world, I'm well equipped. I you know I've learned all the tips and tricks ah. and methods I'm the warmest person on set in any so cold much. night shoot
3: yeah like we <laughs> when we were just in New York like I'm in like a t-shirt for a lot of it or like it's it's a it's called the partner track it's a, a new Netflix show it's all about young lawyers in the city very often we're just sort of in suits and they're like do you want your underlayers or whatever I'm like baby listen to me I did four years in Toronto <laughs> This say nothing this ain't nothing. You tell me when it yeah. hits double digits, negative double digits, then you can bring me some warmers. But until then, I'm, f- I'm too hot, in fact. So let's take a couple layers off. It
1: mm-hmm. prepared you. Well, here's the funny. So I was born and raised a good chunk of my life in Toronto. So one would think that I would be used to it. But I ended up doing a movie in Perry Sound, which is north, about four hours north. And you don't really know cold really? until you oh start cold. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so this movie was an outdoor movie and it was all about geocaching it was a oh, cool. thriller horror film that was shot out like everything was outdoors so at one point we lost three different crews to frostbite oh, no they were just yeah they were going down one by one it was pretty brutal so when you're in a, in a place and you just see like your a good day is minus 40 oh. you swear after that that you will never work in snow again no <laughs> i yeah it the cold in Toronto felt like being in a tropical island compared wow. to the wow. cold up north.
3: What's the coldest you've worked in, do you think?
1: I, it was definitely that movie. No, I mean, Maybe what? Sound, like, what movie. was the
3: actual temperature?
1: Oh, what was the degree? Um, I think it, it ranged from minus 20 to about minus 40. Like, there <sighs> mm-hmm. were days where the news would warn you, please stay inside, yeah. please bring your pets inside, and... We'd have to go out and continue to oh shoot. That's just how it was. I just did so, that in wow. Montreal
2: in January. And it was mm. even the the folks that live in Montreal were going, Oh, you guys are here at a particularly cold two weeks. It was minus 35 wind chill, I think. And I'm, you know, outside in a cocktail dress, being <laughs> like with my nostrils oh, freezing no. and <laughs> trying to oh, figure no. you know.
1: The worst is when you can't talk, when your jaw mm-hmm. locks up, and, you're oh, like, yeah. Yeah. and you can't actually get the words I out. I
3: had that I thought was so interesting, and they, t- they told me season two, because we didn't really experience a proper winter in season one, because we were no. only there for sort of seven months, but season two, we were there for 10 months, so inevitably we were going to hit a winter, and they told me, before you leave your trailer, put an ice cube in your mouth, and lower the temperature of your mouth, so you're sort of a little more acclimatized to it and i didn't do that the first time and i took my first, br- first breath in and all of the liquid in my mouth started to freeze and i could feel it
0: oh, and no. that was
3: Ooh. that was a really odd sensation and then from then i always had little ice cubes in my trailer and i would so i would drop the I've temperature of my of mouth that. yeah so it wouldn't it wouldn't feel so alien that first breath bringing it in cuz your lungs as well you feel it in your lungs when yeah. you like breathe mm-hmm. in the cold air it feels really odd
1: yeah. The, the one thing that I did learn in that movie that I did in Perry Sound was, is to put the hot packs in your boots.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: your oh, feet, yeah. and, and if you constantly change them, it's, um, you know, the source of heat leads
3: yeah. from your feet. and your, your gloves, head. if you get the opportunity, always in your gloves.
1: Be safe in the cold, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, is as an actress, I, I, for me personally, I never want to look bulky because I just don't want to be bigger than what I already am naturally, so when you're forced to make these decisions do i want to look good or do i want to freeze to death cuz mm-hmm. it's minus 100 outside it got to the point where i had like five or six layers of pants and snow pants and everything on i'm like i don't care yeah. it's just so yeah. cold i don't care i also care. can't imagine
3: that you ever look bad in whatever no, it is you're wearing no that's I can't imagine oh, you ever know at one point i
1: i had like a cover i had to run through cuz it's like a horror film
3: so running through the forest <laughs> that's pretty funny I can't even <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> we
1: That's had pretty some good laughs. I'm like, I can't run, I can't move, but at least I'm like not freezing to death.
2: I know what you mean, though. Yeah. I, there are several scenes in Shadowhunters where I'm wearing, I think, at least two pair of jeans and probably four or five layers on my top half just to try and keep at as one much. Point, do you remember oh, yeah, we the had wet suits.
3: Full, full thermal <gasps> wetsuits underneath our clothes mm-hmm. for one, the cold, but two, we were supposed to go in the water that day. Yeah, and we got there, and they're like. It's frozen, like, four feet straight down. There's no way we could... Like, we physically can't put you in the water because it's, like, (laughs) a, a solid block of ice concrete. Yeah. But we just had these wetsuits on underneath, and it was the only thing... That and the crew, bless them, would run in with, like... Duvets and mm-hmm. they would wrap us up. I think there are some photos of us floating around like that, and they would just would wrap us up in everything they possibly could. Yeah. yeah.
2: There was a, a crew member holding a heater above our heads. They had like rigged a stinger and got it all the way out to this edge of the lake, and he was holding it like a boom mic above our heads at
3: one point. Oh, That's yeah. right, because we were wet as well, yeah. weren't we? We were we supposed were wet to be wet because we were supposed yeah. to have come out of the lake. Yeah. So they sprayed us down. Before we did the cold scene, near the
1: lake too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it freezing brutal. near the lake. Yeah. Although,
3: best start to a day ever. the Like the first thing I see, because it's, go- it's so beautiful when you go up into the north of, or like slightly north of Toronto, which is where we were. you up in these the lakes National Park and this there. like wilderness. Oh, was absolutely stunning. And I'm out there just like looking at my surroundings before we get started. And just a family of otters like run across the ice. And I'm like, That's the coolest start to my day. Just like a little otter mum and like three otter babies just run across. So it was like, that's awesome. I know. That's
1: that's very sweet. I remember the few days that we were, or that I was on set, there were a couple days that were really cold. And I remember, Kat, you had like very thin clothes on. Mm -hmm. Very thin. Where I had like a suit and stuff. So it wasn't, uh, I didn't feel it quite as bad as you did. But yeah, you were a trooper for sure.
3: Season one, they really committed to the idea that the shadow hunters couldn't feel temperature. So they were <laughs> like, when it got really hot, we were like sweating, and then yeah. when it got really cold, we were like freezing cold. And then season two, we were just like, "That's a shit idea. Let's just nix that." And we're yeah. all of a sudden, in like scarves and gloves, <laughs> like all of oh, this that's like, awesome. cold weather accoutrement, which is great.
1: That's the interesting thing with film. No, it's like they shoot Christmas movies in July and mm-hmm. you know, summer movies in January, but
2: always the wrong season when we did the stand we were shooting in a, a condemned hotel outside of vancouver so there was no electricity unless we brought it in no heat no running water nothing oh, wow. but it was great because it was a blank slate to create like you know this stephen king hellscape of new las vegas basically which is awesome but um right. i was dressed for las vegas in january in <laughs> vancouver
1: Yeah, <laughs> and it was just wild that's not fun That's not fun. My brain stopped working when I'm cold. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> when I am like I got nothing left. Yeah. I'm too cold. I can't. What? I have a
3: speech? What? Because <laughs> you do. Your body goes into like shutdown. Like it's mm-hmm. like, because it thinks you're dying. Like when it gets Especially
1: really if it's cold, middle of the night.
3: Yeah. You're in a dress like, and you're Your, like, your, body, your brain yeah. is just telling you like, well, I just got to keep the brain and the heart running, I guess. Like that's all I have to do. And everything else disappears from your mind. Like mm-hmm. completely. Everything else is gone. Exactly. What a wild thing that <laughs> we do for a living.
1: Man. They need to introduce. Glühwein, you know what that is? In no. Germany. Have no. Guys ever been to Germany? So in Germany, they have these big wine casts in the middle of the street where you can just go, like how we buy coffee here, you can go and just buy hot wine. So they drink a cup of hot wine to keep warm. Amazing. Yeah, it's like normal, like you can get it. A lot of places outdoors, they just have it. And they- <laughs>
3: I do wonder what the experience on a set would be like if that was available, though. Like, no, that because, was just because like a thing. it's
1: so cold, it actually the alcohol doesn't uh, like it warms you, but oh, it doesn't affect interesting. you. Oh. Yeah, so it just warms your body up a lot faster than a cup of coffee would. Huh. That's why they do it. Yeah, that's See? amazing. I'm advocating for wine on set.
2: Yeah, I mean, they bring out a cheese board anyway. You might as well have wine with for it. For sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Exactly. Have
1: a little fun. Everybody a little looser. To, uh,
2: get those creative juices flowing.
3: I think that's a great idea. <laughs> exactly. So, what would you say would be the highlight of Shadowlands? It's a difficult. It's a difficult question to ask um, oh. because I think we all had such a good time. But what would you say? You know, the the best of times. At shadow hunters was wow i'm not even cold and that was a real struggle to get out <laughs> with me That was crazy
1: uh, for me what stood out uh oh there's a few moments but one that really stands out was that time that we were in the warehouse and we mm-hmm. were all the laughing had gotten to the point where it became hard to work <laughs> <laughs> common occurrence on shadow hunters right and it just poured into okay captain vargas you are the captain can you please keep a straight face meanwhile jace is stumbling
3: all over the place going
1: yeah i'm gonna get it this time <laughs> like yep. i can't keep a straight face at this point sorry
3: <laughs> it's i do tend to be the common denominator and i apologize for that it's not very professional. I'll work on Why it.
1: Why would you apologize? Oh my <laughs> god! Never no, that's what makes that. memories. Yeah. No, I, without that, then no, 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 no. It, it wouldn't have been a memory. It would have just been like meh, another day at work. Yeah. yeah. I remember that was the day that I really got to know you guys. Mm -hmm. I remember having conversations with you, Kat, about your mom. I remember being—your mom's a scientist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a scientist. I remember having that conversation and getting to know you a lot. And uh, with you, Dom, I remember you telling me about your dogs and where you're from and a little bit of your history. So that really stood out to me. Um, I remember— I don't know if I can talk about the end scene. The, the yeah, yeah, final talk about scene. And, you want. Yeah. Oh, okay. The death scene for me—that was uh, another one that kind of stuck in my head a little bit because mm-hmm. it was an awkward death. It was just kind of like dying weird. is hard.
3: Yeah, dying is hard no matter how it happens. But that was it. That was a, a strange a particularly strange death yeah
1: right that that kind of stood out to me but i the thing that sticks out to me the most would be the relationships that was built um behind the scenes for sure mm-hmm. for sure it was yeah. a, it was sincerely a really great group
3: it was a great and that's group
2: that's why we call it the shadow fam
3: yeah,
1: still very sweet. 7
2: years later 7 years
1: later i know it's been crazy but still going that's what happens when the magic is there that's true yeah
3: yeah well, Lisa, I, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being a part of this. We couldn't have done the show, both the show Shadow Hunters and the show Return to the Shadows without mm-hmm. seeing your beautiful face. And um, thank you for talking to us. Thank you for the insight into there being colder places yes. than I thought from <laughs> <on my> a movie. <laughs> thank
1: you guys so much for having me. Uh, it's so good to see you guys. It, it feels like, you know, I just saw you last week. It's so weird between social yeah. media and you guys not changing it, really doesn't feel like much time has gone by so it's crazy seven years yeah but you guys are awesome and it's so good to see you and even better to see you guys blossom so well deserved
2: well right back at yeah i mean as you said you know when you work in this industry for so long there's certain people that just touch your heart and stick with you and i think for you know i can speak for dom and, and myself and say that you're certainly one of those people oh thank you thanks for being here today you guys are the best Return to the Shadows is hosted and executive produced by Catherine McNamara and Dominic Sherwood. Our executive producer is Ling Lee. Our senior producers are Liz Hayes and Diego Tapia. And our producers are Hannah Harris and Kristen Vermilia. Original music by Alex Kinsey and performed by Alex Kinsey and Catherine McNamara. The episode was mixed by Seth Landscape. Be sure to subscribe to Return to the Shadows wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
1: He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. (laughs)